Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Harden My Take, the number one podcast on the DreamShake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets. On SBNation.com, Jeremy Brenner here, and today we are one day closer to bubble ball in Orlando, Florida. The Houston Rockets will be playing in an actual base uh, basketball game, not a baseball game, that's the Astros. The basketball game will be about two weeks from today, and the excitement is building here at Harden My Take, at the Dream Shake, uh, and I know Michael Brown, no one's excited more than you, my friend. It's quite possible that you are, but it's pretty close. Nah, um, you. I think it's you. I think it's exciting, man. I think it's we're we're entering that. You know, Harden is now entered camp. You know, the guys are are getting more acclimated to the bubble, and I'm a big fan of what I'm hearing nationally and locally about Red Nation. 
So I am excited for another episode of Heart My Take with you, good sir. Yeah. And, you know, all of the things that have led to this point have, you know, kind of uh, cast a shadow of doubt as to whether or not this would happen. But right now, I think all those shadows have kind of gone and the NBA has taken care of itself. And we look to be, you know, pretty prepared to have some basketball coming up in these next uh, in these next two weeks. Um, you know, obviously not all of the Rockets are in the bubble yet. Still Luke Balmute and Russell Westbrook not there as of uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, this podcast is going up Thursday morning. So, uh, but there's so much to talk about. So let's just get started. So. Before the episode, before we came on to record today, uh, you, my friend Michael Brown, uh, uh, si- uh, took a listen to uh, our good, um, a very good uh, interview. Excuse me with with Matt Thomas uh, of Seven Ninety. That's right, he's Seven Ninety, right? Sports Talk Seven Ninety. Yeah, I just want to make sure I get my uh, get my sports stations right in Houston. It's been a while since I've. Uh, Lived there, but uh, yeah, so Matt Thomas of 790 uh, has his weekly interview with Mike D'Antoni. Uh, Michael Brown took a listen to it uh, on his drive home, I believe, uh, or just whenever it happened today, um, and you took a listen. So what was the biggest takeaways, Mike, from uh, this interview with MDA? The, a couple of the, the highlights for me, number one, uh, was D'Antoni praising the, the preparedness of the bubble. And we touched on it a little bit on our last show, but he, he was really uh, kind-worded. Is that the best term for it? He was very complimentary of the way that the NBA is handling the safety precautions while in the bubble. Um, so that was the first part. Uh, I would say the second part is he touched on it a little bit during the interview, uh, but he's talked about it while doing some other interviews before the the Matt Thomas one. Uh, he's been really complimentary of Eric Gordon. Mm-hmm. And Eric Gordon is a guy that I have not talked about in favorable light at times throughout, you know, Harden might take. But he's he said that Eric has looked good. He looks slimmed down. He looks ready to go. Um, you know, he, he also talked about uh, Matt had mentioned, is this his – is this D'Antoni's deepest roster? And he used the term a, you know, a wealth of riches, or he phrased it in something along those lines. And, and D'Antoni kind of played it off. And he said, you know, look, in the playoffs, you're going to play eight, nine, ten guys. I think that's about right. I think he has a pretty good pulse on the roster this year. I think there's probably eight, nine, or ten guys that are going to get legitimate minutes in the playoffs. Um and Matt asked him, he goes, you know, what do you miss most since you've entered the bubble? And he goes, nothing, really. I mean, he misses his wife, you know, Laurel. Uh, but besides that, he says they basically have everything that they need. They spend a lot of time in, in you know, in their rooms watching film and, and doing things like that. So, uh, but it was a good interview. And, you know, as a Rockets fan, it was just good to hear D'Antoni, you know, talk. You know, it's good to hear from the head coach uh, on a weekly basis again. So it was a really good interview. Now, I feel like Mike D'Antoni gets that question every year. Is this your deepest roster? Because I think every year um, the roster kind of contends as one of the deepest rosters that D'Antoni's had. I mean, I don't think anything will rival 2018, even this team. 
I mean, would you? What would you think? Do you think that this team is the deepest roster that Mike D'Antoni's had in four seasons? I think it's unfair to accurately assess this roster because Robert Covington has only been on this team for 14 games, and he's their de facto starting power forward. Uh, Eric Gordon has been hurt this entire year, basically up until this point. I think if you're looking at pure talent and where they are in their career, I think the this roster is better than 2018's roster. Really? Uh, it comes down to, very simply for me, that Russell Westbrook is at a higher plateau of skill level in his career than Chris Paul was. Um, so player for player, I think the roster, I think to me, I always draw a, a distinction between who is the better team and who has the better roster. I think the team has a better roster this year. I think the 18 team was a better team in its totality. Mm-hmm. But this season's not over yet. And I think the Rockets have a whole lot to prove when they get to Orlando. Or I guess when they start, you know, bubble ball yeah. uh, in Orlando. The thing is, because this is the first year of the, of the Warriors, uh, of the post-Warriors era, I feel like every team has something to prove. There's no team that's coming into the bubble that are like that have any like that are completely fully answered. Every team is facing a very critical part of their title window, I feel. Uh you could say that with the Lakers, you could uh, I mean LeBron's not getting any younger. Uh you could say that with the Clippers. I mean this is first year for Kawhi, first year him and Paul George. Paul George just turned 30. Uh, you could say the same thing for Denver. Denver's got a lot of question marks. Um, Toronto, Milwaukee. I think I think there's a lot of pressure on Milwaukee and a lot of pressure on Houston too because both Harden and Westbrook are in their 30s. And while I don't think that this year is the end all be all, it's not as if the team's going to totally break up next year if they don't perform well in Orlando or they don't perf- uh, they don't win the title in Orlando. But I think that there's so much that teams have to prove, which ultimately will make the bubble that much more competitive. And I think what we're going to see, we're going to see the most competitive NBA basketball we've ever seen. Um, There's absolutely nothing going to distract these players, nothing going to um, nothing like the fans that are now non-existent can't affect the game. Uh, You know, it's, it's really going to be one of the, most competitive sporting events you've ever seen. Uh, and there's so much to fight for. Um, and the Rockets have so much, and the Rockets have a lot on the line too. So that's what makes it appealing from a Rockets perspective. Well, and on the, you know, looking at other teams in the NBA, right? You got to ask yourself, you know, if, if Utah doesn't perform at a high level, there's probably a pretty good chance that Rudy Gobert is no longer at Utah Jazz next year. If the Lakers go and they just look terrible in the playoffs and lose in the, in the second round, does Anthony Davis remain a Los Angeles Laker? If yeah. the Bucks don't win it this year or get to the NBA Finals, does Giannis think to himself, well, you know, it might be time for me to look to a bigger and better market than Milwaukee. Um, I think all of those are – now, I think there's a very low chance that Anthony Davis leaves the Lakers, but if they don't succeed – I mean, what is a successful year for the Lakers, right? 
I mean, if you're LeBron James, it's getting to the NBA Finals. If he if he it's losing the ring. Finals, would you? If you were a Lakers fan, Jeremy, would you think that was a successful season? Because no, I would. I think you have to win the finals. Exactly. Exactly. Now, bringing it back to the Rockets, let me ask you this. If the Rockets make the Western Conference Finals this year and they lose in six or seven games, is that a successful season to you? No. Me neither. Me neither. Maybe because, it's and, finals or bust. And maybe because I, I just – I'm so – like. I think every every Rockets fan is is ready for a championship. I think that Red Nation has been teased so much in these past couple of years. I mean, the team's won a playoff series, and every year D'Antoni's been the coach. So it's three straight years, and I mean, they've won a playoff series in four of the past five seasons. So, the, like, time is due for Rockets fans, and patience is beginning to thin. Uh, for instance, I feel like if Mike D'Antoni doesn't deliver on a finals this year, the patience will have, uh, completely been erased. The patience is very thin and the seat is very hot for Mike D'Antoni. That's all. Did, did that come up during the interview, whether or not D'Antoni's, uh, job was on the line or, I mean, he probably would have brushed away that question, but, uh, what, what are your thoughts? Man, I, that's another fascinating part of this bubble is I love Mike D'Antoni as a coach, okay? But if he doesn't, it's so hard. It, it's so hard to assess because the Rockets have, I would call, a three-year window, right? You have James and you have Russ lo- locked up for another three years. You have Covington under contract for two more years. I'm assuming you're probably going to re-sign P.J. Tucker, um, which is another fascinating subject all in itself is is pj tucker going to be a rocket for life um but it's all about who you'd replace him with because everybody always you know if you're a texans fan fire bill o'brien well who are you gonna hire you know you gotta go find somebody better and i don't like bill o'brien as a coach but to be honest with you that all the dude does is get to the playoffs he just can't get it done in the playoffs so that's not easy bringing in another person to replicate that job also, you don't hire a coach to make it to the playoffs. You hire a coach to win the championship. You're absolutely right. And, I mean, while it is gratifying um, that coaches can take teams to playoffs, sometimes a, sometimes a coach takes a team as far as it can go. For instance, with, with Mike D'Antoni in Phoenix. Um, for instance, Dwayne Casey uh, in Toronto. Uh, look, Mike D'Antoni, when he was in Phoenix, um, his last year in Phoenix, they won 55 games, and he was out the next year. So, for like that to me, like, and and af- that was after uh, four straight playoff berths. So that, like, you can it, it's so nice that you know, and, and that's similar to what he's had in Houston uh, for for D'Antoni. D'Antoni's taking the team. To the playoffs each of the past three years, it'll be four years this year, and you know that's all great and good that uh, D'Antoni's made it to the conference finals, and he's made it to the second round each and every time at least. But Mike D'Antoni was hired to win a championship, with the Rockets, not to get bounced in the second round. But he also, in his defense, ran up against a, a juggernaut like the Warriors that this league has not seen. Since okay. The Chicago. This year, this year they're not there. 
for sure. But the, the the franchise also completely flipped its its philosophy on playing the game by trading Clint Capella for Robert Covington. So I, I get what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. I'm just giving the other side of the coin, saying I think you have a really good thing with D'Antoni. And I think that you have to ask yourself, if you get rid of D'Antoni, you have to go to Russell Westbrook and James Harden and say, who do y'all want hired as the next head coach? Because you can't bring in a guy like Kevin McHale. You can't bring – you have to bring in as much as – my top guy would be Sam Cassell. I take that back. He's probably my second guy. My number one guy would be Mark Jackson. I think Mark Jackson is a perfect fit for this team. I don't. Uh, I think he, he do what is what would he do that he didn't do in Golden State? What do you mean? That like he was in Golden State, and this is another very good example. Mark Jackson was someone that brought the Warriors to the playoffs. He and he did good. Mark Jackson did good for a first for a first time head coach in his position. I want to say he was the coach there for what three years. I think three yeah, years. three years, 2011 through 2014, and he had winning records in his last two seasons, 121 and 109, and they went to the second round in his second year. That was the year uh, they lost to the they lost to the Spurs. So, and they did better in year three. He won 51 games in his last season, and then you know, and it's not that Mark Jackson um, is like not part of the coaching fraternity anymore. Like he, the reason why he hasn't gotten a job is because he's taking TV jobs. But I like, I don't know. Mark Jackson to me, like he did what he did, but like, if you're going to go and get Mark Jackson, that you, you might as well keep being Tony to me, honestly, um, I would do kind of what, um, I would do kind of what Toronto did and t- Toronto put Nick nurse on, uh, in the in the head position because he knew the system, he knew the team, he had a good pulse on the team, and Matt Brace is one of the lead assistants for the Rockets. Makes yeah. a lot of sense because he knows the team. He's been in the organization uh, as the G League assistant or part of the Rockets since 2012. So since before James Harden even got there. So James and him have a good relationship. He was the head coach of the Rio Grande Valley team. For before he came before he became a Rockets assistant, so he has knowledge of the system well enough to where he can step into that role and be successful, uh, even as a first-time head coach. So, to me, that is where I would go uh, if let I let me actually a head coach. Okay. So now that I'm thinking about this, I forgot about a name. So I have a top three. I've given you two. I'll give you a dark horse, and it's Kelvin Sampson. The head coach of the University of Houston. Yeah. I interesting. I I think he loves the University of Houston as somebody who follows that team fairly closely. Mm-hmm. I think if he's gonna leave, it would don't forget, not you, but you know, people listening, he was an assistant coach on this team, and he he's got some pretty solid ties on this roster. Mm-hmm. You know, coach James. Guys, James Harden and Eric Gordon have been spotted at the University of Houston basketball games. Um, Kelvin Sampson is a guy that I and, you know, the owner of the Rockets, Tomer Fertitta, sits on the board of regents uh, for the University of Houston. So he's got some some ties there with with Sampson. And 
you know, his renegotiated contract at U of H. But that's a name that I would get pretty excited about if I was a Rockets fan. So that would probably be my top three in order would be Samson, Jackson, and then Cassell. Uh, I think Cassell goes elsewhere, but I would love to see him as a head coach soon. As a Rockets coach, he wouldn't be my first choice, but I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, I think it'd be difficult for the team to pick a new head coach from outside the organization knowing the season is going to be in December. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. And so, it, it, but also, that might, not, that might be... And Tony's gone. I think he's back next year. Yeah, that, that's if also I, a good reason to keep Tony, Tony, Tony for another year. Yeah. Perhaps maybe like a two-year contract with a club option for year two. Yeah. You know, and I know that there are people that have been out there, you know, via Twitter and social media. And I, and I want your opinion on this, too. People say that, you know, coaches, you should give them a three- or four-year deal to, you know, let them prove themselves. And if they have proven themselves, I, I don't agree with that. Until you, on a roster like this, it's year to year. I mean, if, if you get to the Western Conference Finals, that's no longer good enough for Dan Tony. So put him on a year contract. If he gets to the finals and he wins it, then you give him another deal. But until then, it, it should be year to year. I don't even think it should be two years. One year deal, take it or leave it. Because there would be about 20 people lined up to take this job if Dan Tony didn't want to return after this year. But I think he ultimately does, no matter what, and he'll be the coach next season. Yeah. Uh, look, yeah. I think that D'Antoni is going to be back unless the Rockets lose in the first round. Because losing in the first round would mean a regression. And if you make it to the second round, at least you're in the same position as you were last year. And you can say, oh, well, uh, you know, all of the circumstances around the season – uh, facing a really good team in either LA team in second round. I think that there's reasons for D'Antoni to stay if he makes it to second round. But what would you like, Mike, if if you were the Rockets and you had Mike D'Antoni who couldn't get you a win in a playoff series this year and his contract is up, what do you what do you do? If he doesn't get to the Western Conference Finals this year. I don't think he's well, back. Not even, not even the Western Conference Finals, just the first round. If he loses in the first round, it's gone. Yeah. Period. Story. If he if he loses in the second round, ugh, that's so hard. It depends on who they play. Yeah. Because I think if they get matched up with the Lakers, with the loss of Rondo and Avery Bradley, I think the Rockets have a pretty good shot at winning in a series against the Lakers. If they get the Clippers in the second round, Oh, man, that that's going to be – it depends on how you play them, right? I think the way the Rockets are are built, they are built the best in the Western Conference to give this, the Clippers the best series. Mm -hmm. Because the way that the Clippers are going to play, they're going to play – the biggest guy I think they're going to play for an extended period of time is, is Montrez Harrell. I think Zubac will probably get some minutes, you know, but it's, no, it's not going to be any more than 10 to 12. Uh, Harold, they're going to run a lot, but they're going to play. I never can remember the Morris brother that they have on their team, but they're going to run, you know, Beverly. Marcus is with the C, so C is Clippers. Got it. Okay. Marcus so is, is with the Lakers. Yeah, so they're going to run a combination of Williams, Beverly, uh, George, Leonard, Harold, Lou Williams, and uh, Marcus. 
for a majority of the game. And they're probably going to beat a lot of teams fairly easily. You run that lineup against the Rockets, you're not beating this Rockets team easily. Mm -hmm. I don't. So it depends on who they play in the second round. If they lose in five games to the Clippers, I don't think he's back. If they lose in seven games to the Clippers and every game is close, he's probably back. But I think it's what you, he's got to make the Western Conference Finals, and I and he's back. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So let's let's move on now. Uh, we we spent a lot of time on D'Antoni, so let's move on to James Harden, who made a very uh, anticlimactic entrance into the bubble uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, he was wearing a mask, so uh, there was no beard. This was the first time we'd seen James Harden without a beard in a very long time. Uh, do we even know that it's James Harden, Mike? Uh, not confirmed. I have confirmed. multiple unverified sources in Orlando, and nobody could confirm if that was him or not. Yeah. I mean, the Rockets have confirmed it. So if the Rockets say it's true, then it must be true. But I don't know. Last time I checked, James Harden has a beard. So if the guy didn't have a beard and didn't come in, uh, then who knows? But... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, so a man that looked like James Harden without a beard entered the NBA bubble uh, on Tuesday evening. Uh, there was a lot of speculation as to why he didn't enter with the team when they entered last week. There was a lot of speculation as to if he had the coronavirus uh, with Russell Westbrook. And there was there was a lot of just noise. And James Harden didn't say anything. And that only made... Uh, that only elevated the noise level uh but james harden does what james harden wants to do and he he entered the bubble when uh when he was able to so what do you what do you make of the situation mike here's here's where i land with james harden james harden is gonna do what james harden wants to do when he wants to do it how he wants to do it um i think as a as a diehard fan of the team, my first thought when he didn't report with Russell Westbrook is that he may have had the coronavirus. He may have been quarantining. Um, him and Russ are pretty good buddies. So if maybe they were together at some point where he was exposed to it and he wanted to, um, you know, not get to the bubble until he was 100% healthy. Um Part of me is a little scared about the fact that some of his teammates will look at the situation saying, well, we were here. Why weren't you here? Um, but I, I will point out fairly quickly a, a quote from P.J. Tucker. He was asked about James Harden joining practices, and he said it changes everything. He's our captain. He runs the ship, and everybody kind of fills space in around him. He's our guy. He's the guy. The intensity goes up. The level of play goes up. If P.J. Tucker is saying that, I trust P.J. Tucker has a pretty good sense of the locker room, don't you? I would, too. So if he says that, I think any worry about James was sitting on a beach in, in Bora Bora just hanging out while his teammates were practicing in the bubble. I don't think that's true. Um, and let, let me get your opinion on this. I mean, we saw it today. De'Aaron Fox sprained his ankle. For the Kings, the Kings are about to go through a, a mass, not a massive, because they'll probably get beat in the first round. But Darren Fox sprained his ankle, you know, practicing. He'll be reevaluated in seven to ten days, which takes him right up until the point of scrimmages. You saw Rajon Rondo, you know, a major injury. 
to be honest with you, if James wanted to take the five days, that's five days that he couldn't get hurt. Um, not to say, I mean, he's, he's a workhorse, but I think that's important to take into account too is, you know, he's not practicing, so what? I mean, what, he's not there in, you know, getting up jump shots and working on free throws? I mean, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I think that players are entitled to their own, like, their, like being a celebrity especially – people are allowed to determine what's private and what's not. Some people are very open. Some people are very open about their lives. They love to share. That's what social media is for. There are other people who aren't necessarily part of that group. And I would say that James Harden is, you know, a guy that likes to have fun. He likes to enjoy things. And, you know, he's not Kawhi Leonard by any means, but he hasn't, he's not a super public guy. Yeah. To be fair, even though he is the the face of the team, he doesn't need to be. There's no like, there's no rule that says James Harden needs to be this super public person. He's already a super public person as it is because he's a person. You know, he's one of the top five, ten best players in the game, and everyone, you know, he's a household name in all of America and you know around the world. People know who James Harden is, so people know who he is, but they don't need to know like. To me, I think there is a line, and like if I were in his position, there are certain things that I wouldn't mind sharing to uh, the media, sharing to his fans, sharing to his. But and, and there's a then there's your friend circle. You share things with your friends, share things with your family, and James Harden understands that. And every we have to realize this: athletes are, are people just like you and I, Mike. I mean. We, we need to understand that. Like, not everyone is going to be this super public person. Some people, like Russ, Russ took the approach. He said it on Instagram. He's like, hey, I have the coronavirus. You know, I'll be in Orlando soon. If James had it, James didn't need – There, nobody was telling James he needed to do it. There have been so many cases that have happened. Like, there was two positive cases came out of the bubble. We don't know who those people are necessarily, but we don't need to know. All we know is that there's two. It's, it's their own – Medical, like the only people that need to know now. That's it. Well, let me ask. But let me ask you this though: Wouldn't you rather him acknowledge that he has it? Because I would. Because what? What? What what would you gain from that, Mike? What do you gain from knowing that James Harden had the coronavirus? You you gain. You you as Michael Brown. Well, it's for me and and other people, and and what other people think. it, It really doesn't matter. But people have a notion that, look, he's a selfish guy, that there's two sides of this coin, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Either he had COVID and he was in quarantine and he just didn't want to post about it on social media. And the other side of it is he was, you know, partying it up somewhere and he wasn't ready to get to the bubble. And without him confirming the COVID thing, there's going to be a rising speculation whether it's fair or not, the world that we live in, that he just didn't want to be in the bubble because he's a selfish guy who just didn't want to be playing basketball for five days, which I don't think that's true. But those speculations are out there, and he's going to get asked about it. That's the other part of this is it's unnecessary questions that the media is going to ask him because you and I both know it's going to happen. Hey, James, why weren't you in the bubble with the rest of your teammates on Friday? And he'll probably say... Oh, I was tending to a family matter, a personal matter. And that's all he needs to say. And whether that's true or not, that's up to him to say. 
I mean, guy, like people, you know, people don't always tell the press the 100% truth all the time. More often than not, they're not. Especially when it comes to something as, as uh, you know, like the way I see it is this. If, if James Harden wanted to share why he was in the bubble, he would have done so by now. And yes, he will be asked about it uh, at the very first uh, press opportunity he has uh, in a few days. But, but to me... I, I'm not going to be the one asking those questions. I mean, I it, like if I was a news, if I was a news director, I probably yeah, I'd probably tell my reporter or I'd tell my, uh, you know, my videographer, whoever was you know on that assignment. I'd say yeah, try to find out who's going to do that. But to me, I don't know. Like to me, that's not what's exciting about this. What's exciting is that James Harden is about like the story is James Harden's going to go play uh, at, at Disney World. And, like, you know, what does that mean for him personally? That, to me, is a much more compelling question uh, than, than something else. Like, that, then, you know, asking him is COVID, to me. It absolutely is. But it's not really a but. It's more a as long as he has the pulse of his teammates, you know, guys like Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker and Covington and Austin Rivers – and all of those guys are cool with, you know, if I'm sure they know the situation. If they're cool with him not being there, perfect. That's fine. But if they start getting an inkling of, okay, James just didn't want to be here because he didn't want to be here, that's where it could become an issue. Do I think it gets to that point? No, I don't. Based yeah. on what P.J. Tucker has said today. Now, up until P.J. Tucker saying that, I would be lying if I said I didn't think about hey he's not there we don't know what the issue is are the guys going to say well you know we're here why is James not here Russell has a you know Westbrook has a, an excuse built in from what he's told people Harden hasn't told the outward uh, uh, you know media the you know social media why he's not there if his teammates understand why he's not and he's been open and honest with them and they're cool with it cool let's ride and I put this issue to bed. And it, it is put to bed based on what P.J. Tucker told Mark Berman tonight. Or I guess I should say yesterday, since the show comes out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, what he told Mark Berman recently, let's put it that way. Well, yeah. So to me, I think that I think that the team, like, I feel like nothing has given us any reason to believe that there is friction with this team. I mean, for all we know, like, there was all this friction going on with Chris Paul and James Harden, and none of it came out until right at the very end, uh, you know, with, with the last playoff series. Um, you know, James Harden and Westbrook are really good friends. P.J. Tucker and James Harden are really good friends. Austin Rivers is has become one of the guys. Eric Gordon has become a, a good – like, Eric Gordon's a no-nonsense uh, but also no drama kind of guy. So I don't think he would take issue with anything that was going on. Um, I mean, Covington's the new guy, so Covington's not going to make any you know waves or anything like that. Like, I think the team is in a really good place right now. They all, they all have the same, they're all on the same page. From what, I, from what we've been reading and what we've been seeing. Now, it's weird because all we can do is take their word for it in these, you know in these small interviews that they get with Mark Berman and uh, in these press conferences or like Mike D'Antoni talking with Matt Thomas. And, but we haven't seen anything uh, to prove all of this actions speak louder than words. So if 
we see the Rockets struggling out of the gate in in Orlando, then maybe there's some concern there. Uh, but honestly, you know, there's we have nothing to prove that there is any friction or tension with this team. And for that point, it's like, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. Um, you, you know, there's no reason to believe things are there if there's no proof. Absolutely. It, but it's, it's speculation that it's fair to assess why he wasn't there without us knowing. Um, yeah, it's and, not to be curious. Yeah, it's but it's curious. just win. I don't care. He, he could show up. He could have shown up the day before the first scrimmage. And if he looks to be in great shape, he had a reason to be, and they win, great, fantastic. You know, at the end of the day, this is a complete non-story. I mean, he's there. He's now in the bubble. It, it's all systems go once Westbrook gets there. And there's been a lot of really interesting comments from some of the guys given and from D'Antoni on Bamute. And it, it – Gives me more reason to believe that if he's healthy, this guy is going to play really important minutes for this team in Bubble Ball 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's so let's shift gears here a little bit. Uh, Harden just entered the bubble. We're waiting for Westbrook to do the same. Um, on first take, I believe it was uh, earlier this week. The uh, Max and Stephen A were talking about who is more important to the Rockets team. Is it James Harden? Or is it Russell Westbrook? And we're going to uh, pose the same question here on Harden My Take. Who's more important to this team, Mike? Harden or Westbrook? Oh, you can't do this to me. Um, you knew it was coming. Yeah, I did. That's fair. Yeah. I gave you, I gave you about a 30-minute warning. Man, that's, that's really, really hard. Talk it out. Talk it out. Yeah. Okay. So – it's not fair to say that they're equally important, but let me make the case for it, okay? Real quick. It's fair to say that this Rockets team has no shot at winning a title without both of them playing at a superstar level. If only one of these guys is playing at a superstar level, they have no shot to beat the Lakers or the Clippers. Um, Who's the better shooter? It's James Harden. Who's better at getting to the rack on a consistent basis? Russell Westbrook. Who's a better free throw shooter? James Harden. Um, who's better getting their, their teammates involved? It, yeah, it's pretty close. Pretty even. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm probably going to say, oh, God. I'm probably going to say James Harden because when the difference off, I think the, the difference between the two is offensively. I think. James can beat you in more ways than Westbrook can. Westbrook is not a great three-point shooter. He's not a great uh, free-throw shooter. Um, He can get to the hole whenever he wants. He has a pretty good mid-range game. But James, James is equally as good at getting to the rack as Westbrook. Westbrook's quicker and faster, but James can get there whenever he wants, just like Westbrook. James is a better three-point shooter where... You're going to need the three ball when you don't have a traditional center. So James is more uh, valuable in that sense. Um, James is going to be matched up on the other team's big guy more times than Russell Westbrook will. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he's one of the better, if not the best, post-defending guards in the league. 
you know, when you play the Lakers, there's going to be times when James gets matched up on LeBron or AD. I don't know if Russell Westbrook draws that assignment as much as Harden. Um, and ultimately, I think the emotional captain of this team is, is Russell Westbrook. But I think the guys look to James Harden as the best basketball player on this team. So for, for those reasons, I've talked myself into James Harden is more important to this title run than Russell Westbrook. Not by much, but I do think it's a distinct advantage to Harden. Yeah. I'm going to go the other avenue. I'm going to go Westbrook. Okay. And I think that, I think that, look, the difference, the, the, obvi- the glaring difference between this team versus teams in the past with Harden is Russell Westbrook. You went and got Russell Westbrook because you wanted to improve your team this year. And in terms of this title, obviously James Harden is, is the most valuable player for the Rockets. And, and that, and that, and that, I mean, then every, you know, every meaning of the word. Harden is the most important player for this team, but for this title run to me, in my opinion, the championships are won by your, not just it's your superstar leads you there, but the players around you are what make the true difference. So the last two years with Chris Paul, Chris Paul, and I would say this, Chris Paul was the most important piece to the 2018 and the 2019 uh, series. Uh, in, in terms of the, and look, look what happened in 2018 when uh, Chris Paul left and got hurt. The Rockets were not the same team. Look at what ha- and I'm not, I mean, look, if, if, the thing, if the thing happened to James Harden, the Rockets would probably suffer a similar fate, but that's what, that's what happened. And in 2019, I think that the Chris Paul Harden, you know, disagreements or whatever stemmed a lot from Chris Paul. Because I think what happened in 2018 was Chris Paul realized that he needed to take a more of a driver's seat in the playoffs and... I, I think that there was just uh, there was a, a power struggle between the two, where you don't you don't really have that with Russ and and Harden. In fact, Harden is more likely to allow Russ to to maneuver offensively and have more of a uh, more of a hand in the cookie jar that is the offense. And also, keep in mind, in February, this team made a huge change to their roster when they brought in Covington instead of Capella. To what? To support the way Russell Westbrook plays. the way Russell Westbrook plays. Not to support the way Harden plays. Harden and Capella, you know, played extremely well together. And same with Chris Paul. Chris Paul played really well with Capella. Harden and Capella were a huge part of the offense as as a duo. Um, Especially when Harden was leading the league in, in assists and whatnot. But you, so this team right now best suits Russell Westbrook. And in my opinion, Russell Westbrook, that's what makes him the most important. Because I think what we're going to see here is we didn't see a whole lot of it, you know, in the first part of the season because of the suspension of the season. But Russell Westbrook in those 12 games with Covington played much more of an important role offensively, I think, than James Harden did. If my memory serves me correctly. I mean, Russell Westbrook was playing lights out uh, in the last 12 games. Before the before the season uh, was suspended, so they, they, 
they were, but you also, you and I are making this, like, that's why I think that they're equally important. It, it, I know I just gave a whole spiel about, you know, Harden being more important, but, okay, offensively, what are the two most important shots to the Rockets the way they play the game? A right layup now? and a three. Okay, so the layup <laughs> suits Russell Westbrook and also James Harden, but also Harden has been a fairly consistent three-point shooter since becoming a Houston Rocket. So they finally have that, that dynamic duo that they've been looking for. But, okay, let me ask you this. If are the Rockets more likely or less likely to win a playoff game if Russell Westbrook has a bad game and James Harden has a great game, or if James Harden has a bad game and Russell Westbrook has a great game? So, the, so you want me to answer what, what is a more likely loss? For the Rockets, I think likely win. What's a more likely win for you? If only one of the two guys has a great game. So, hmm. okay. So uh, this is tough, but let's let's say this. Okay, in games where the Rockets um, win, Russell Westbrook averages twenty-seven, and in games in which they lose, he averages twenty-eight. Okay. So then you get to James Harden, and I'm using basketball reference, so I'm, I'm maneuvering through a bunch of pages here. So Harden, in a win, averages 37, and in a loss, averages 29. So I mean, yeah, if Harden's playing big. well, if Harden's playing well, then the Rockets are, are more likely to win. So, and here's, here's the, the other part of this to me and it's pretty crazy when you look at their numbers though overall I mean James is averaging 35 points 34.4 points a game Westbrook's averaging 27.5 but in you know Westbrook's averaging eight rebounds a game James is at 6.4 they both average seven assists a game they both average you know nearly two steals a game and they each have basically a block a game mm-hmm. but for points I mean if you're looking at who impacts the game more it's James Harden yeah, but the way I see it is this. The Rockets have gotten in trouble in recent years of relying too much on the three. And in playoff basketball, I'm not going to say that the Rockets are not going to keep going for threes. They should. That's their, that's, that's their offense. But there might be some times where you need to slow the game down. And Russ is not necessarily the kind of player that will be able to do that. But if you need a drive to the bucket, if, if you need a layup and you need to beat a man to lay, I'd much rather have Russell Westbrook in that position. So that is, I think Russell Westbrook is going to be more rely is going to be more important for the playoff run. And that that's the prompt. The prompt is not who's the best player for this team. Who's the best player period. Who's this, who's that, who's more important to this Houston Rocket teams playoff run. And that's why I think because playoff is the key word. I think the, the team overall, you could probably you make an argument for James Harden like we did with the points, but the Rockets are not going to be able to shoot as many threes as they usually do. That's what I think will happen. Now, granted, this is the bubble ball, and this is bubble ball playoffs, and bubble ball playoffs can be totally different than a normal playoffs. And maybe the Rockets will be uh Maybe that will be a welcomed idea for, you know, games to continue that, you know, speedy, quick, 
you know, game that the Rockets love to play in transition. And if that's the case, the Rockets are, are uh, winners in that. They, they, that's an advantage that plays in the Rockets' favor. But if playoff basketball is like how it usually is, the Rockets need to slow it down. It's, the, it's more of a half-court game. I think Russell Westbrook provides a different outlook and could be the, the, the little push you need that pushes the Rockets over the top. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you a series of three questions. Okay. Ten seconds left, you're down by one point. Who, sh- who has the last shot? Russ. Between the two. You're down by two points. Who has the last shot? Russ. Who, you're down by three points. Who has the last shot? See, if there's a last shot to be had, um, see, I'm with you on the three. I'm with I you trust, on the I trust Russ's mid-game. I, I trust Russ's mid-range game. And I trust his ability to drive. That's James, why he gets. That's why he gets the last shot if it's one or two. If yeah. it's three, I'm more likely to put it in James' hands. I'd say if we're down one, I'm going with Westbrook. If we're down two, I'm going with Harden. And if we're down three, I'm going with Harden. Um, but they're both your max guys, right? I mean, they they are the two guys that you're going to look to, which is good. Why you have a guy if he's healthy like Eric Gordon, or you have a guy like Austin Rivers, who I would also. You know, I don't, wouldn't hate taking that shot if they're going to double on Harden or double on Westbrook. Um, but it's good. It's good that, you know, I'm coming from the camp of more important, it's James Harden. You're coming from Westbrook. I think they both – you can make it a very easy argument for both, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. There's obviously, you know, so many ways you can answer the question. Uh, I want to know what the listeners have to say. So, if you uh, want to contribute to this conversation, uh, please go ahead and reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, you can do so at the Dream Shake. Uh, you can do so with the Dream Shake Twitter account at Dream Shake SBN. You can also follow us. Uh, you can also give us a like on Facebook to not miss a single chance to uh, interact with the Rockets. Uh, with with the Rockets' uh, number one uh, source for news on SBNation.com. I cannot talk today, Mike. This is not good for a podcast host. But I think you're doing a great job. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's not, you know, it's not my best effort. If this would be a, uh, you know, this wouldn't be very good. I, I've, I've had better. Let, let's hope I can, uh, let's hope I can do better uh, for the next one. But uh, let, let's try to finish this out. Okay. Um, you can also follow my co-pilot, Michael Brown, on, on Twitter at UH Big Red Hat Guy. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode of Harden My Take. Uh, And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.